Gentlemen, welcome back to the Gird Up Podcast. Today you're listening to an episode, uh, it's an interview with Jason Fry. If you know Jason Fry from back in the day, you probably know him as Jay Fry or various other things. He's going to tell you who he is and why he's important in just a few minutes. But before we do that, I want to encourage you to go find us on social media, find a way to support the podcast, whether it's buying mugs and t-shirts or just sharing it with friends, telling them what's going on encouraging them to join you on your search for genuine Christian manhood and masculinity in the modern world. God bless you if you already are sharing this thing. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're listening from abroad, welcome. Guys, it's incredibly important that we learn how to be men, that we grow as Christian men, and especially young guys like me, set a foundation for lives of service as Christian men in the church and in the world. So without uh, any further ado, I want to get into this podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoy meeting Jay Fry, Jason Fry. I hope that uh, this podcast continues to be an encouragement to you and a blessing as you grow stronger, as you grow closer to your Heavenly Father and closer to being the man that God created you to be. Here we go. Hello and welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. The call to gird up is an ancient way of telling a man to prepare himself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers, brothers in Christ, working hard to become the men that God has called us to be. I am your host, Charlie Ungemach. I'm a teacher, a coach, music director, and a man of God, myself working toward the goal of, like David, being a man after God's own heart. We're happy you could join us. Now it's time to roll up our sleeves, to gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. One of the reasons you need to have good microphones is like when you're sitting in a car um, and like if somebody starts laughing or whatever, it will just straight up blow out somebody's speakers because all of a sudden the volume just goes way up. You haven't, you haven't gotten so, like any invoices for like repairs done to cars yet. No, not like, yet. Like, not yet. Don't give anybody any ideas. Uh, this is Jay Fry. Jason Fry. What do, you, what, do you, what do you go by these days? I don't know. Like as long you as... You go by Minister Fry or, or what? You know, I, this is my second... The Fry Dog. This, this is my second staff ministry position. I still don't know what to, what to be called. Um... Uh, I've been SM Fry, I've been Staff Fry, Staff Minister Fry, J Fry, Mr. Fry. I mean, any combination of that is really, is really fine, right? <laughs> All right? So, yeah. Um, just don't call me French Fry. French like, Fry? Yeah. Like, you, you're not French, are you? No, but like with the last name Fry, growing up with the last name Fry, I've heard them all. So uh, don't, that's not a challenge well, to you. Like to waffle come, Fry? Yeah. Or, yeah. Curly Fry. Yeah, curly yeah, Fry. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Your hair's a little curly, too. Oh, gosh. Grow that right. out, man. All right. That's enough for the day. Thanks for coming <laughs> by. <laughs> all right. So you're talking about ministry, though. You're at Shepherd of the Hills? Shepherd of the Hills in West Bend, um, Wisconsin. Uh, my official title is Staff Minister of Youth and Outreach, um, which sounds it sounds kind of vague which is by design i guess you know what i mean like there's all kinds of things here to do at this church that they needed help with and that's really the point of, of me being here um pastor noel uh, has been the pastor here i think for the last seven years um and he's been yeah and he's been um kind of the guy by himself and he we got over 600 600 members here and and they needed help and they needed help with youth they needed help with doing different um, outreach events and obviously uh, one of the things too that they wanted was to do like uh, small group based Bible studies like based on the sermon and so that's one of the things that we've been doing here um, great thing about staff ministry is I always like to say you're kind of a jack of all trades master of none and that's uh, that's kind of what I do here as far as that goes so 
Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, like, what exactly do you do? Like, what does your week look like? Um, well, I mean, I have, I have typical office hours. Like, I've been here, uh, this is six months going into it. Um, you know, I'm here anywhere between 7.30 and 9.30 on, and here until 5.30, 6 o'clock. Obviously, there's meetings and things like that. Um, uh, I would still say that I don't really, really have a good, like, feel for my schedule yet. You know, um, got wife and kids at home, and so I'm luckily only live a couple minutes away, so I'm kind of here, here and there. But uh, a lot of it is um, coordinating with like our, our small groups and coming up with ideas for the youth ministry here. Like we have over 150 kids. Um, if you took all of our three year olds through like our 17 year olds, we have like 150 kids here. So, um, and that's another big kind of a big need for the ministry here, the church here is how do we get them involved and make them part of the church? Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. And so you're married with kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, your wife, Kayla. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't really know her, but I, this, this guy is going to come out weird. She's cool. Yeah. She is cool. Yeah, but yeah. you don't know her, so. Yeah, like I know her, like I, I knew, because I knew you guys vaguely <laughs> back in the day, you know. I actually probably knew her better because I had a class with her for some reason. Okay. But, yeah. Well, we all had class with each other. I'm yeah. sure there was a reason for it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, Kayla, um, Kayla and I will, will be married this year for nine years, uh, in August. Um, and this is going to sound super cheesy and I'm not saying this just because it's going to go on. It's, it's going to be recorded, but, uh, I always, I like my life has been better since meeting her, you know, and, and, uh, being married to her for the last nine years has been awesome. Um, not to say that every moment's been awesome. Uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been real cool. Um, I don't know. Do you want me to, t- do you want me to talk about it? Like, go how, ahead, oh man. my gosh. Go ahead. Um, well, this is like the story's never really been recorded. I've shared it multiple times, but uh, um, she was a transfer. She transferred in MLC, um, and when I met her for the first time, like there was, I don't know, there was something about her. You know what I mean? Like it was just, it was. I wouldn't say like there was chemistry there or anything, but it was just like, man, what a beautiful, like what a beautiful woman. First of all, right, an awesome personality. Um, and it turns out she, we actually were working. She she was going to start working at Applebee's in New Ulm, right. Uh, along with me. Right. So I was working there too. And we got to know each other there a little bit. Um, she tells a story about how her car wouldn't start. And I drove out to, to jump her car. I still don't think that was me, but, <laughs> but, uh, she, she says it was me, but it worked uh, out well for you. Either yeah, way. You know, she just says that it was really awkward cause she didn't know who I was, but she was reaching out for me, for, reaching out to help for me and you know, whatever we got it taken care of. Apparently I, I jumped her car or whatever. Um, and, uh, uh, I remember, I remember, um, she was dating a guy at the time and I don't think I realized like how I felt about her until her boyfriend at the time surprised her at work and he just kind of showed up and she, I remember she like ran to him, gave him a big hug and I'm like, man, another good one, like another good one that's mm-hmm. not available. It's like, gosh, all mm-hmm. the good ones are taken. You know, it's like that, uh, um, Zach, that Zach Brown band song. That's like, how, how come all the pretty girls like you are yeah. taken baby, you yeah. know, like that one. Um, so, you know, we worked together, went to school together. Uh, I got to throw Andrea, uh, Andrea Dolan's name out there because she, she credits herself with getting us to meet or whatever. <laughs> I remember we, we did meet for the first time, uh, you know, up, up, uh, on the top of like the MLC chapel where it used to be in like the oh, auditorium. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, we, we became friends, had the same circle of friends. And then, uh, we went to Andrea and Jeff's wedding. Um, not together, but I was singing for, I was singing for Andrew and Jeff's wedding. She was there with some friends and we just had a great time, you know, like, 
uh, twirled around the dance floor. Nothing inappropriate. She did still have a boyfriend at the time. I can't like I gotta I gotta say there's nothing inappropriate. Um, I didn't cross any lines, but uh, we had such a good time. And at the end of that night, before I left, I'm like I gotta I gotta I gotta tell her. Like I I can't I can't let this moment pass. So I I literally just said hey. Um, Flying to Colorado tomorrow, you know, I helped out with Rocky Mount Christian Camp out in Leadville, Colorado. And uh, I just said, you are everything that I'm looking for in a woman. And I don't know what's going to happen with you and your boyfriend. But if anything ever happens, think about it. And I left. Like, th- like that was it. Like, that was that was it. And um, I went and hopped in my car. Uh, my parents were at that one. They were going to drop me off. Um, and then I was going to get a ride to the airport the next day. And Kayla comes walking across the parking lot. And I tap my mom on my shoulder. I go, Mom, see that girl right there? She's like, yeah. She's like, I'm gonna marry her someday, right? Like, she, <laughs> so that's that's the one. That's gutsy, man. Um, and so uh, we talked on the phone a little bit while we were in Colorado, and she was having all these problems with her current boyfriend, and I and I had to be like the third party objective, like, you know, you got to make the best decision for yourself. Um, you already know how I feel, so I, I'm not gonna tell you anything different than what like I feel, but like, you know, if if he isn't treating you the way you want to be treated, and he doesn't value that was kind of a thing. Like he didn't really value her beliefs and he didn't really value like the stuff that she really felt strongly about. And so, um, just continued to be friends. And then it was like October where she broke up with a guy. Shoot. Shucks. <laughs> oh uh, man. And, but like in the process, like we've become really, really good friends, like really close. Like there really wasn't any questions about my intentions, obviously for her. And so we continued to hang out after she broke up and then we went on a, and then we just, like I said, we just kind of hung out and our first date, we went to Mankato. We went to Neighbors, um, had some pasta. Like, you know, like this is like primo date. Like when you leave, yeah. when you when like, you... I was about to say, that's like, that's a big commitment going all the way to Mankato, man. Oh, you might right. as well just put a ring on oh, it right sh- then, man. Well, funny thing, like we, we went to, um, uh, we went to Neighbors. That's and... no walk. <laughs> right, exactly, right? This isn't like a walk around Flandreau, right? Um, <laughs> Which you might as well just put on a ring after that anyway, but <laughs> right? you know, so, long story there. So we go to, we go to Mankato. Uh, we go to neighbors and then we went to, we we're going to go watch that cloudy with a chance of meatballs. I know real good in 3d in 3d, Ooh, mind it you. It was in 3d. Yes. Man, you shelled out for this date. But there was, there was um, a period of time between dinner and going to the movie. So to kill some time, where do you go? The Mankato mall, obviously. Right. Like that's like, that's like stop number three on like the best places to take a date at MLC <laughs> is the Mankato mall. <laughs> so, so we're in there and we're walking around. We walk past like uh, one of the jewelry, sto- jewelry stores, and uh, and uh, I'm like, oh, we should we should go look at engagement rings. And she kind of like looked at me. I looked at her. She's like, okay, and just like called my bluff. I'm like, so we walked in there on the first date to look at engagement rings. I'm like, I just want to see what she, you know, because I knew. I'm like, I knew I'm gonna marry this girl, right? Um, and so I just want to see what she see what she liked. Um, so that was like October, November, and then um, at the beginning of at the beginning of January. I bought a ring at the end of uh, at the end of January. I proposed, and that following August we were married. So, nineteen months essentially it was nineteen months from meeting her to marrying her, right? And I pretty much I I pretty much knew the whole time. So she just had to come around a little bit to me. And plus, she was way too good for me, like way way too good for me. So I had to marry her quick before she <laughs> knew before she knew what, was, what she was getting herself involved in. So um, I remember sitting next to Professor Potion at church one one time and. Um, it was after church and he was, sit- he was sitting next to me and he just, he looks, he goes, you know, he's like, you know, Jason, like there's, there's us guys that marry up, you know, I, and he was referring to himself. He's like, I certainly married up and you certainly married up. So I knew, <laughs> I knew it did it right. So yeah. So we, we actually were the third or fourth marriage to happen at the, 
at, at the Chapel of the Christ up at MLC, and yeah, it'll be nine years in August. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. No, it's, it's, I like that. I said it was awesome, and you looked at me like, yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. If only. Yeah. If, if, I feel like if I could write a book about what all happened. Like there'd be so much money to make because it's like how do you how do you convince a girl that's way too good for you to marry you and dude like, I buy that book <laughs> I buy that book that's actually why we're getting together today I'm just here to talk. that's right yeah he's just gonna advise me <laughs> advise Charlie on how to how to find that girl that's to right go for him. So yeah do it quick just get it over with before yeah she... just like never and and let's go <laughs> oh man but no like I said it's been a lot it's been a lot of fun but it's a it's been a fun eight years so yeah what makes it so good. Um, I think we found out early on that we weren't going to, we weren't going to major on any, like the minor things early on in our marriage. We, uh, we had like an actual fight over laundry. So (laughs) I know that sounds really lame, but, uh, she, I, I fold, I folded jeans a certain way and she folded jeans a certain way. And she folded them in such a way that if you grabbed them off the shelf, off the wherever, they wouldn't become, they wouldn't come unfolded. Right. And I'm like, whatever. It's like, this is just how I do it. Like <laughs> I worked at a GH bass. I think I know how to fold jeans. Right. <laughs> and so, um, and literally like I was doing laundry and she's like, you're not doing it right. Like fold it this way. There's no pro- Like what's the big deal? I'm like, well, no, like I'm, I'm doing the laundry. I'm gonna do it my way. And we literally like, she went to the kitchen. I went to like the bedroom to like fold and we were like actually upset. And so we came together and was like, this was, this is dumb. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like I realized like how, how big of an idiot I was. And so it was kind of like, like from that moment on, nothing's really a big deal to us. Like there's nothing, there's nothing big enough or like, I don't know. You, you know what I'm trying to say? Like you can't major on the minors, right? Like they're yeah. 90% of the decisions pretty much go her way. Right. But then there's like the 10% of really, really important decisions that like we get together on, um, Professor Wessel always, uh, he's the one that married us. Uh, and his advice was, his advice was Jason always makes the decision, but you two have to come to a consensus on that decision, but Jason makes the decision. And so, yeah, it's essentially like 90% of the time it's like, yeah, sure. That, that's no big deal. But then like, yeah, there's a 10% of time, whether it's, you know, about money or if it's about just life decisions, if it's about, um, how we're going to raise our kids, like, obviously we're going to come together, have a major conversation about that. Um, and then, yeah, I make the decision, but it's like very, very heavily influenced by her. You know what I mean? And so far, like, I know it, in all the eight years we've been married, um, that seems to work out well. Like we just don't, we don't get into big arguments because we can, we kind of can gauge like, is this something that's really worth? Like, am I going to plant my flag on this hill type thing? <laughs> and for the most part, like there isn't anything that's worth getting into an argument about. So yeah, like there's some things that we disagree on, but, um, uh, both of us, I also think, is we're very non-confrontational. So if we can avoid confrontation, which is not always a good thing, but we still manage to talk about the thing. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. avoidance isn't the answer either. To completely just put it out, and it's like, well, this will we'll talk about this mm-hmm. six months from now when it blows up, and then we have a big to do, you know, brouhaha about it. You know what I mean? So um, that's what's been. I don't know. That's what's really great. And she's she's also like, I don't know. We're we're just really we're in sync. Um, we've taken steps to, you know, take in material, read information on how to improve, improve our marriage. And we've, we've, you know, it's one thing to read a book. It's another thing to put that stuff into practice. And for the most part, like when we do read marriage books, we try to read them at the same time and put things into practice. And, um, if we're ever in a funk, she or I will be like, okay, something's not, you know, we're missing each other. Like something's not going right, you know, and then we have the conversation. So, um, that has really played 
it's really played a, a huge part of it. Um, I completely agree with, um, uh, I think is it, uh, Mike Novotny talks about, you know, date your spouse until you die, you know, and, yeah. and we, we sometimes fall out of that of going on like regular dates, but man, if we, we try to get at least one or two dates in a month and man, that when you get into that, when you get into that cycle, it, it really does some wonderful things just to get away from the kids, spend some time. And even if it's just low key time somewhere, just hanging out in the same space together. So that's awesome. Oh yeah. Cool. Uh, so you got two, three kids, three kids. Yeah. Three kids. Yeah. McKenna is six. She's our oldest. Um, Hugh, uh, is three and our youngest Jackie, Jacqueline will be, um, she'll be one here on the 8th of, of January. So yeah, there's, th- there's three of them and we've always talked about having like four or five. So you can't have four or five unless you have three. So we're at, <laughs> we're at three right now. And I, you know, I've, I've always told her like, this is, you know, this is kind of on you, right? Cause I don't really do much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. So, um, but no, it's it's been a trip. Um, I can't really remember what it's like to not have kids, um, yeah. but this way is this way is is so much better. Like I said, I can't remember it, so it must not be important. So, um, uh, but yeah, it it can it can be a little crazy. Uh, McKenna and Hugh both have very uh, they're very energetic. Um, you know. <laughs> there's so many stories like McKenna McKenna has locked Kale out of the house once um <laughs> you know we, we we will find Hugh like it'll be bedtime and we'll find Hugh like under his bed um doing who knows what like there's nothing down there with him like he'll be talking to somebody um it's just himself so at like 9 9 30 10 o'clock at well night, if there's so. monsters under your bed you might as well make friends with yeah them. the monster's in the closet because they're scared of him so yeah. that's, <laughs> <laughs> so they're definitely hiding from him but it's an, oh, we have a dog uh sophie came before all the kids uh she was a she, we got her from the new home humane side she's awesome the kids like crawl over her and she just kind of lays on the floor like this is my lot in life I'm just going to do this so they don't get rid of me type thing. So yeah, this, uh, that's, so we got four, three kids and a dog. So I won't be one of those people that says, yeah, yeah they're, I'll be honest. I hate it when people are like fur baby. <laughs> Actually, no, that's what, I, okay. That's, that is one of the mo- least attractive things that I, that I can. Uh, do you want to see, do you, do you want to see pictures of my kids? Yeah, and it's just like a bunch of, it's a, it's just a bunch of animals, right? You know, Man, like, like I, on, that's one of the it. least attractive things that a girl can say to me is like, oh, I'm already a mom. And you go, oh, you got a kid? No, I have a puppy. It's like, all right, stop it. Bye, bye, bye Felicia. <laughs> yeah. right? Or like, like on the back of the on the back of the car, it's like proud dog mom. It's like <laughs> you're like you're like single. You might as well yep. just say single yeah. on there, right? Yeah, yeah. Like my dog more than I like anyone else. Like I, mean, I just like it's just like, I just it, they're not even people. Like you, you seriously? I, so I'm gonna offend so many people. See, I but. know. I was just thinking that. I'm like, I'm like, all right. So it, okay, but in my book, if you if you care about your pet with that kind of intensity, you seriously need to have some like good, solid relationships with some human beings. Right. Because if you don't, we've all seen that. We've all seen the people that have really strong relationships with animals and what they're like, like in social cat settings. Ladies are no joke. <laughs> like it's actually a real issue. It's a real problem. Like this is. I'm not judging people that enjoy, like, I don't like cats. I make no secret about how I don't like cats. I don't mind dogs, like, whatever. I, but when your closest companion in life is an animal. is something like, that licks itself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although, you know, I got some friends. Stop it. <laughs> anyway, um, like, if, if your closest relationship in life is with an animal, like, you just 
God made us to be companions to each other. Like we are people that are supposed to associate with other people. Go make some friends. Right. There's a re- like human friends. Adam had all of the animals at his disposal. There, yeah, right? there you go. Knew, That's what I was trying to get. And at. he he knew like okay, like this doesn't this doesn't yeah. work. You're like yeah, yeah. Th- which they should have known something was up when that snake started talking to them. Yeah. I mean, come on, right? Like, what other animal was talking to them at That's the time, right. right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, I, snakes don't even eat fruit. Why does he care? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So we we talked about the the J Fry journey a little bit <laughs> earlier. We talked about the J Fry journey, um, kind of coming around from. Yeah, well, so what I said was when you were 15 years old, there's no way you mapped this out as your course. Oh, right. Well, no. Um, like, so yeah. let's talk about the J. Fry journey. Well, um, well, it all started. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, well, I'm from, you know, I'm from Wisconsin. I spent most of my time uh, uh, in Helenville. Uh, I'm sure there's one or two of you on here that know where that is. Um, but uh, um, grew up in Helenville, went to St. Peter's Lutheran, went to Lakeside, um, and I had some very influential teachers that were pointing me in the direction of going to be in the ministry and 16, 17 year old Jason was like, Oh, that's kind of, you know, I, I like, yeah, I could see myself doing that. But 16, 17 year old Jason's like, I don't want people to tell me where to go. I don't want people to tell me what <laughs> exactly. to do. I'm sure no one can relate to that feeling. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, I'm a, I'm a man. I'm going to make my own decision. Right. This is 16, 17 year old Jason. Kid, yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. So, <laughs> Uh, with frosted tips, making my own decisions. <laughs> See, that's why. That's why when you're like 16 years old, 17 years old, if you frost the tips of your hair, you should not be allowed to pick what you're going to do for the rest of your life. At that point in time, like that, like at that point in time, it should have just been like, you know, what, Jason, uh, someone needs to make decisions for you for at least like the next three or four years until that <laughs> that those chemicals wash out of your head. Yeah, so, go flip burgers until you figure it oh out. Oh my gosh. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, I. <laughs> the frosted tips, man. The frosted tips. I I can't believe I just said that out loud, right? Um, now we, we need pictures. Now oh we need man, pictures. no. Time we, to talk to Kayla. Oh, man, she, no, no. She's seen them. She's seen them, and she still thought. I think she even saw it before. She we really did marry up. Oh man, right? No. She saw those frosted tips, and she was like, "All right, I'm uh, still gonna still gonna go with this guy." Well, no, and like in like the what the show is like, uh, "How I Met Your Mother." They talk about like the Reacher. And the settler, there's always like a reacher in the relationship, oh, yeah. and the one that settles in the relationship. Yep. I was definitely the reacher, like, <laughs> like I was jumping, right? And she's like, she's like, I'll help him out, you know. Um, Throw him a bone. Oh my gosh. Um, so, at, so I just like I was I was halfway decent at baseball, and um, and there I was being recruited to play baseball at Stevens Point in Wisconsin, right? Um, and so I'm like, I'm gonna go play baseball. Like I'm gonna be a professional baseball player. Cause I knew what I was going on. Right. Like, cause I knew I was that good. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, go to Stevens point. <laughs> hey, stop it. Right. <laughs> All right. I mean, they were purple and gold and that, like, I should have just I'd, like, Oh yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. But like, it looked good it looked, <laughs> anyway. Um, but I also like, I'm like, okay, I can't just go to, I can't just go to UW Stevens point um, and play baseball. I should probably do something. And I'm like, Oh, I like to sing. Why don't I go into the music program? Well, it turns out going into a music program is awful. Like, <laughs> yes, if, it you, is. if you don't understand music theory, if you don't understand like anything or really play an instrument, that was a really bad idea. Jason had a really bad idea there, and like I was so lost when I went there. I made it through two days of music theory, and I was oh. like, "That's it." See, I made it through a lot more than that, but I didn't learn anything. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I could say the same thing, but I, I didn't s- wait to fail. I just like oh. second day, I was like, "I'm dropping this because I'm going to fail." Oh no, I stuck with it and failed <laughs> like a real stubborn person did. <laughs> Um, but, uh, 
I remember when we we when we auditioned for the program because you had to audition to be in the music program at Stevens Point, and everyone was singing like classical pieces in Latin and French and stuff like that. And I showed up with uh, John Elton's "Can You Feel the Love Tonight" you know from <laughs> The Lion King, and I didn't <laughs> I didn't think like that was it like because that was something we sang at, at Lakeside, and I'm like yeah like I could sing this I had this I, I sang the solo in it in, in swing choir. And I just, I just remember showing up. <laughs> the room and, just like turned it like, what? Well, no, like there's the other like applicants were there and, and they're, they're like, oh, I'm singing this. And they started talking about what they were singing. I'm like, oh no, I don't belong here, you know? <laughs> and they're like, Jason, they're like, oh, what are you singing? I'm like, can you feel the love tonight by John Elton? And it was very, it was very much like a, oh, kind of like, oh, good for you. Like, oh, you must be lost, you know? Uh, they still accept me in the music program. They must've been short that year, but um, uh but no, I was there for a semester and made the baseball team or whatever. And I kind of wasted a semester of my life. Like, t- to be honest, like I, I kind of got caught up in the college culture of, um, you know, drinking. Uh, my brother had just graduated from Stevens Point. And so a lot of the guys he played baseball with were kind of like, you're going to come over and hang out at our house. And when you're a freshman and you yeah. have like juniors and seniors in college telling you where to go and what mm-hmm. to do, you don't say, well, no, I better stay in my dorm room and study. Yeah. Right. So exactly. I was heavily influenced by that. And then um, uh, I went to visit MLC. Some of my friends were in um, Into the Woods, that musical. And I went up to visit and just be on campus. I'm like, gosh, this is like this is where I should have been the entire time. You're like, this is where I should have started out. And um, and I transferred that that spring semester. So, so you that, didn't even play baseball at Tunes Point? No, no. Like um, like I said, made the team, um, did the did the winter practices and actually um in one of the practices, I, I was diving for a ball and actually dislocated my shoulder, which was an injury from high school, and it kind of sidelined me. And I think that kind of like put things into perspective, or at least it it allowed me to think about like my life at that point in time. So this is eighteen year old Jason thinking about his life at that time. Um, and I'm like, went visit MLC and uh, you know talked to Coach Buck at the time up there, um, who was an awesome guy. I, I'm not sure for those of you that know Coach Buck, um, you know he coached volleyball and baseball at MLC. Like you know what an awesome influence he was in my life and. Um, talked to him when I came up to visit and he's like, yeah, like you can certainly come play baseball for us and we need a third baseman and you'd be a good fit. And, um, so yeah, I transferred in that, that summer, spring semester as a, as a music program guy, <laughs> obviously didn't learn my lesson. Um, somehow I passed German at Stevens point, even though I don't think I only, I only went to like a dozen classes or so. Anyway, that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, found out that being a music teacher really wasn't, <laughs> really wasn't. <laughs> so that following year, Went to the pastor, uh, went to the pastors, uh, pastor track program, did that for a year, uh, kind of liked it. And then into the second year actually started to really slip in my studies. Like I'm a social being, like I, yeah. um, I kind of made it through high school doing all the, I was really good at everything else besides school and high school, like loved doing sports, was in choir, was in band, did, like did all that stuff. Um, but academics was just never, I could never like sit still long enough to do it. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I could do it enough to like stay above one radar and below the other you know what i mean mm-hmm. as far as academics go just just barely an honor study hall that yeah, was my just, goal <laughs> just, and then one one semester they changed it without telling us so i had to be in <clears throat> regular study hall uh, we call it dumb study hall but regular study hall for one yeah and so i like had to do my homework and then it was i just totally hijacked your, no, your no, story no, here no, it's okay but, like so it was it was a 3.5 so i had yeah. a 3.5 like 
five or six semesters in a row, yeah. it was like a 3.52, you know, yeah. like ex- exactly what I needed to be in honor <laughs> study hall. And then they jacked it up to 3.75. And so that I had like a 3.6 something. And I was like, oh man, I overachieved last semester. And then they jacked it up. And I was like, what? Can't so you then, change the rules? So then, 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 literally the next semester, I had a 3.76. So I can be back in. It was like I had that much accuracy of like, this is exactly how lazy I could be. Like, all right, fine. I'll be a little bit less lazy and do a little bit more work. For some people, for some people, it's trying to get it like into a good college, keeping your GPA up for those kinds of things. For Charlie, it was I just got to stay in that comment in that honors like you know, in the study honors, hall. Like honors study hall was in the media center. You had computer access. You could like walk out of study hall and go to the bathroom and stuff like that. And regular study actually sometimes depending on the teacher, regular study hall had more. Uh, Leeway. Freedom, yeah. Because you could, they would be like reading a book, and you could just stand up and walk out as long yeah. as you didn't make too much noise. Or we, like, we got really sophisticated. It was like you'd like <laughs> run interference for each other and yeah. just like disappear. Yeah. And then if you get out of that study hall, you have to go to that person's classroom because that's the one classroom that's gonna, you know for sure is going to be empty because they have to be in study hall the whole time. Hall. So oh, if man. the Spanish teacher <laughs> is the one doing study hall, you go play on her smart board because <laughs> she's, she's not going to come in and catch you. <laughs> And then, so, the, uh, oh man, we also, I also at one point, <coughs> if any of my high school teachers are listening, <laughs> anyway, we also at one point, I had a whole book of hallway passes and <laughs> we would just like tear them off and write them for each other. And then just like, <laughs> like we wouldn't even forge anybody's signature. We just like put two scribbled letters well, on the yeah. bottom and they're all like, I don't, just go. Just, <laughs> so you'd like show it to a teacher and they're like, who's sick? Just go. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> See, if only, if only there was a way that, like, while we were in high school, they could have tapped that creative energy, oh, right, man. and funneled it. Because it's not our fault. Like, it's their fault. Man, I still think that about, <laughs> about my students all the time. Like, if you'd put as much effort into doing your work as you do into not doing your work, like, they'll jump through hoops, and they'll, they'll climb a mountain to not do homework. And, uh, right. like, it'll be, like, a molehill of homework. Yeah. And they will climb Mount Everest to not to do not it. To not do it. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, where was I? I don't know your wife <laughs> <laughs> no 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 we, were, no, we, weren't no, no, we already, no we already talked about that um, um no so essentially um the the short story is that i bounced <laughs> there's gonna be people listening out here it's like oh man Jay, oh, this is the audience participation like, part they're right like, now they're gonna be like oh man jay fry's <laughs> gonna talk about his time at mlc like i don't have an hour to listen to this so um the short version of the story is that i bounced between pastor track and staff ministry and um i took some time off recommended by the college to take some time off. <laughs> I always called it my my uh, my spring my winter sabbatical, um, where I didn't write any books or anything. But uh, no, I uh, there was a point in time in there where I uh, sat down with um, one of one of the admissions uh, guys, or not the admissions guys, but my my um, counselor, yeah. whatever. Oh yeah, you're that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, advisor. Sure. Yeah, advisor. See, can't remember what that word is. <laughs> um, and. Literally, he just said, you know what, like the next the next thing that you choose, you got to stick with it because it was kind of the same story. Like I was having trouble with grades. I was having having trouble just going to class um, and just really focusing on anything and really finding something I, I could really just like hitch my wagon to. You know what I mean? Like, OK, this is the thing for me because I like things about being a pastor. I like things about being a teacher, but I didn't like them both enough to want to stick it out. But I knew I wanted to be right. in the ministry. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, uh, so. I got the timeline mixed up a little bit because, like, I, after that semester, that semester off, um, reapplied. They accepted me. Um, I came back in as a teacher track guy, and then 
sat down with my advisor because I'm like, ah, this teacher track thing isn't working out because I, I like teaching, but I didn't want to be in the classroom every day. Like I, I like, um, I needed some variety. I, I you know what I mean? Like I needed yeah. some, I needed, I needed something. So, um, advisor said, well, you're kind of, t- like, you're kind of done. Like we're kind of <laughs> t- like in, in, in not so many ways. He just kind of said, you're, you're done switching tracks. This next thing that you do, there's not going to be like a, Oh, I'm going to change my mind again situation. Otherwise, yeah. you, like maybe you just need to go find something else to do. Um, and so someone recommended that I get into staff ministry and which is the catch all. Right. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel I'm going to, I'm trying to say this in a way that's not going to offend a bunch of staff ministers out there. Um, but when you looked at the people, when you looked at the people that were in the staff ministry program, there was some socially awkward people in that group. And like you, like, so staff ministry just in and of itself had like this, this stigma to it. It's kind of like, well, they're not pastor track. They're not teacher track. Staff ministry is always like, yeah, MLC, they train up pastors and teachers. And then like five minutes later, oh yeah. Oh, and staff ministers, right? Like it's, <laughs> Can't kinda, forget them. Yeah, it's like, oh man, I almost forgot. Right. <laughs> like, um, and so like, I kind of thought it was lame at first. And then I got to know, um, uh, I got to know Dr. Lawrence Olson and I got to know, um, professor Pope and, got to know some of the other staff ministry students and I'm like, Oh, this is like right up my alley. Right. Like, like I said before, it's kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. You get to do yeah. a little bit of everything. You do some teaching, you could do some time in the word and, and, and sharing the word that way you get to do outreach, you get to do family ministry and all that. Um, and so I ended up graduating with a degree in, in uh, family ministry, uh, staff ministry with uh, kind of an emphasis of like, in like youth and family. It's kind of like where I could, where, that's where they thought like that's would be the good a good fit for you um so in all this obviously i met kayla we got married um she had some time left i had some time left to finish up school and i did my internship at st paul's um in new Ulm. and then when she grad i graduated then she graduated a semester later and i got assigned or i got a call to um, fount a life in colorado springs right and so um it was january you know first week of january that year we move out to Colorado Springs and I, I'm a staff minister out there and was there for, um, about two and a half years. Uh, it was awesome. Like we love Colorado Springs. Like people say, you gotta be dumb to move away from there. I'm like, yeah, we know. Um, <laughs> and, uh, like <clears throat> cultivate an awesome family out there. The church family was awesome out there. Um, played rugby while I was out there. So that was kind of a that's fun a, experience, ah, man. I would love to get into that. You'd, but... you'd, you'd enjoy it. It's not as, it's not as violent or as dangerous as like people think it is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, after about a year, year and a half or a year and a third, the pastor and I kind of looked at the financial picture of the congregation. We're like, Ooh, this isn't really going to work out. Like, I don't yeah. think we're going to be able to keep both of us. And I looked at him like, I'm like, well, pastor, one of us is probably going to have to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Um, and that's something, you know, you know, as like a staff minister going into it is the fact that. Um, you go into a ministry and if there's fat to be trimmed for lack of, lack of terms, like a lot of times you're it because staff ministers can be sometimes a luxury for a congregation. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, and obviously like now as we are like in the time we are right now, especially like in the, in the synod, I think there's more and more doors opening for staff ministers. Like as people see like, okay, like a staff, like this, we need another called worker, but we don't necessarily need another pastor. Um, but we need someone to do like church ministry work. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was about a year and a half into it. It was like, shoot. So I, what's, what was the term? I, um, asked for a peaceful release for my call. Cause I wasn't resigning. Right. Um, I wasn't asking to be done. It was like, you can continue on your call. We're just not going to pay you for it. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, at the time, like we had, you know, McKenna was born out in Colorado. And so uh, Kale and I actually really tried really hard to stay out there after my call was essentially done because um, we love Colorado Springs. Uh, but we were we were kind of working ourselves to death just to make it work out there. Um, and, and you then, were still doing ministry stuff. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I was doing ministry stuff where I could. Or as much but, as you could. Yeah, yeah. but I, I picked up like two part-time jobs, um, you know, working at an old Chicago out there as a, as a server and bartender and um, worked at a dealership on their service drive just like um, – greeting people as they drove in to have service done on their vehicles. And it was just too much. I was, I also got a, I was also coaching a, a baseball team out there at Vista Ridge, which was awesome. I had so much fun coaching. Um, and so, like I said, we were all, it was like too many hours, right? So Kayla actually then got a call to Good Shepherd in Burnsville, Minnesota as a kindergarten teacher. So we moved it, moved there. Um, I transferred into an old Chicago, uh, in Apple Valley, I was working there. Um, met some awesome people, kind of had my old, kind of have my old Chicago family every time I become visitor or whatever. Um, and then I kind of got my foot in the door at St. Croix Lutheran Academy. I was substitute teaching. And then the following year, I started to, I, I got, I, I, it wasn't a call, but I got hired as like a part-time, full-time, full-time, part-time teacher. Um, and had like, was teaching half the day every day, still working the weekends, right? Like kind of this kind of working every day type thing. And, um, and got to coach their middle school tackle football team. And I got to be an assistant varsity baseball coach. And then find out kind of around February time that, hey, there's not enough money in the budget for your position next year. So mm-hmm. it was kind of at that point in time, we're like, you know what, maybe I just need to do something different. So I knew I liked people. Um, so I wanted to continually be around people. And so uh, through connections at work um, at Old Chicago, there was a group of guys that came in that worked at a, a Honda dealership just down the road from, from Old Chicago and Apple Valley. In, in Burnsville, and uh, they, they were always like really happy. They always seemed to be happy about their job, which is unusual when you get a bunch of people from the same employment. Yeah, it's just whining. Yeah, usually it's just yeah. like, ah, nah, I can't. Especially once they start drinking, it's just like oh, complaining absolutely. about everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I started to pick their brains about their job. And um, and I just said, you know, it's a funny thing, like come the end of the school year, I'm actually going to be looking for a job. And they were like, well, Jay, like we've known you now for this last couple months. We've actually been talking about how you'd be a good position, you'd be a good fit for our dealership. Um, and you know, car salesmen are trusted. They're trusted even less than lawyers. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, but the, the context through which like the Walzer Automotive Group did it was, it was all about the customer. It was a no haggle, no, uh, no negotiation. The, the price was upfront. So there was no like secrets. It was all about their experience. I'm like, Oh, I could, I could sign on to that. So I sold cars. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and it was fun, you know, selling 15 to 18 cars a month while I was there. And, um, then they, uh, then I, there was an opening. So I did that for about a year and there was an opening to actually train salespeople for the Walzer automotive uh, company or whatever. And, um, so essentially I became a trainer and if you wanted to sell cars for Walzer, you had to come through me and another trainer. Uh, it was cool. Like, like I said, the company was really, it was a, it's a really good family owned company to work for. Um, and, uh, and was kind of settling into it, you know, like, Hey, this is, I think this is where I could be for yeah. the next however many years. Like my boss, was kind of grooming me to climb the ladder essentially because I was work, working at corporate. Like, talk about like weird, you know, like find <laughs> yourself working in a corporate office and and being in that environment. And um, uh, and then it was this past is it's it's going to be almost a year from now. Like this past February, I get a phone call out of the blue. Just you know, just like it wasn't even on your radar. Wasn't even on my radar. You know, like we Kale and I had had conversations about like, well, do, could you foresee yourself going back into the ministry? I'm like. You know, I don't know right now. Like I, the right, the right call would have to come by, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the right opportunity would have to present itself for me to really consider it. 
Um, but it was also kind of like around that time where I'm like, you know, I love, I love working for this. I love working for this company, but teaching people to sell cars and selling cars, like nothing against that. Like that is, uh, uh, I've, I've met some really close friends that I kind of consider like my brothers and sisters and like just really close family at that Honda dealership. Um, and they love doing it, but like there was just something like missing, you know what I mean? Like there, right. like it wasn't being completely fulfilled and definitely yeah. missed being in the ministry. And yeah. So out of the blue, get a phone call and you know how that goes, right? I mean, like, you know, you've been there where it's a Sunday afternoon, you get a phone call from a number and you're like, oh, it looks like a Wisconsin area code. And, and, uh, um, yeah, I get a phone call from the the president here and it's like, Hey, you know, looking for Jason Fry. Um, want to talk to you about, you know, being a staff minister at our church. And it, it, it was funny. Cause when I got that phone call, my wife and I were visiting my mom and dad uh, down in Helenville and my, our oldest was sick. We were trying to walk out the door at the time, like trying to pack up the van and like, and like get on the road back to Minnesota. And I actually laughed out loud. And Steve, uh, Steve Krause, our, our church president was like, what's so funny. I'm like, Steve, if only you could see what's going on. Our oldest is under the table. She's sick. We're trying to get our newborn in the car. We're trying to get the kids in the car and pack up and everything. And I know exactly why you're calling. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Um, so that was on a Sunday in February um, this last year. And Kayla and I talked talked in the car for a while, you know, and she's like, what's going on? I'm like, let's just get the car packed up and then we can have a conversation <laughs> about this. And so, um, we load up in the car and her and I talked for a while. Then I got to talk to, to Steve again on the phone. And I talked to pastor, pastor Noel for a while on the phone. And, uh, by the time there was like a five hour drive to Minnesota, by the time we got to Minnesota, Kale's like, are we moving to West Bend? I said, well, let's just sleep on it and let's talk about it the next like day or two. And I feel like we took you know, you're supposed to take like two weeks to like mm-hmm. think of a call by like the next day we knew I'm like, this is it. Like everything that they're asking me to do is, is the stuff that I really want to do and really am interested. And so that was February. Um, it was funny cause it's like, it was like that week. I'm like, can we let them know that I'm going to accept the call? Like, I know it's not been two weeks, you know? So yeah, we knew right away. And, and, um, yeah, so we, we packed up and moved back in June this past June and, um, and here we are. So that wasn't quite an hour. No, no, no. <laughs> We're at 40 minutes right now. All right. Sweet. So yeah, I mean like that's, um, like you said, like at 15 years old, I never would have thought that by the time I was 33, like I'd have all those experiences or whatever, um, packed into my life. But yeah. So the two questions we always got to ask mm-hmm. first one, what would you say to you? Well, if you could go back and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell him? Uh, you know, I, I'm always, I always struggle with this because I've heard, I know you you ask you ask this question a lot. Um, I always uh, hope nobody asks me on your podcast. <laughs> um, I think I think I would have told I think I, I'd have told I would have told myself to listen to the people that had my best interests in mind. Like I would have told I think I would have told myself to like take some time to really think about what you want to do. Like after you get done with high school, take a year off. Like just go work, go work in the, go work in the service industry, go be a server, go, go, go do something like that for a year or two and get some experiences as far as dealing with people. So you can really understand that. Cause I think even at like 15 or 16, like I, I knew that I was going to probably end up in the ministry in one way, shape or form. Um, just didn't necessarily know the, the avenue to, to go about that in. Um, yeah, I think that's one, that, that's one of the things, I mean, like I said, I, I think I, I think of different things I would have told myself, but that's one that comes back to that and like who cares what people think like what you decide to do you know what i mean like yeah um 
for the most part, people aren't thinking about you. They're thinking about what you think about them, you know, yeah, and that, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know, everyone's their own favorite subject. So yeah. like other people don't care as much about you as you do. Exactly. No, exactly. So especially the little details. Right. That, I mean, that's so, yeah, like I said, that's that's not the only thing. But like, you know, right now when I think about it, like, yeah, that's what I told myself. I mean, like, don't don't rush into things. Just take your time. Think about it. Um, have some experiences. Um, yeah. I'm going to rephrase what I said. People do care about you. People don't think <laughs> about you as much as you think about you. Notice how that didn't even like phase me. Like, yeah. you know, Charlie just said, no oh, one like, cares about me. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but like in general, because like, there are a lot of people that do care about us. And like, frankly, there are some people that are just so incredibly selfless that they do actually think oh, about absolutely. us more than we do. Yeah. Um, but uh, there, nobody thinks about any of us, as much as we think about ourselves. Absolutely. And we start getting into this weird self-conscious funk of like, you know, like do I look quite right? Do I, oh, do right. I say the right thing? Right. And we get all weird and self-conscious and we freeze up and we don't do anything <laughs> at all. Well, or we just like hide or whatever. Like Everybody reacts differently to it. But we, we a lot of times it would be healthy to remind ourselves oh, right. that nobody thinks about me as much as I do. Oh, right. Like yeah. when, you, when you're worried about saying something, like, well, what is, what, you know, what's... What are they going to think if I say it? Well, the other person's thinking like, "Oh man, what if they say something? I have to say something back to them." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. they're like, they don't care. Like, yeah. like you, you talked about like, you know, what are they going to think about the clothes I'm wearing? No, they're too busy thinking about the clothes they're wearing. Right? I was like, having a conversation with somebody earlier today, that, and they were like, "Well, I was going to buy speakers at Goodwill, um, but there's a guy standing in front of them, so I just left." <laughs> like, you couldn't say excuse me. Like, I don't like to bother people. Like, at the end of the day, the guy's not going to like look back at his day and say. Oh, I wish that guy hadn't told me to move. Like he's right. not gonna be thinking about it five minutes from now. Just right. like take a deep breath and say, "Excuse me." <laughs> the guy, the guy was probably thinking like, "Oh no, I was in his way and he didn't, yeah, he didn't step." Oh bad no, now. like, like oh. shoot, like you and gave, you just gave him a complex, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you've both got something to figure now out. You got Last question, uh, and then we got to close it out. We're getting this is turned into a long one, which is okay. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, what does it mean to be a man, or what makes a Christian man? Um, I can't say that I didn't think about this ahead of time because I know, like I was, like I was ready for this. And and the the thought that always that kept on coming back to my head, and, and I'm sure people have said this to you before, but you know, it's always like, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes courage, you know, like, and it's no different between back in the Bible, like back in those days and in our days now. Like people say, well, it's worse in our culture today, but like making a stand and plan your plant your flag for Christ as far as this is the way that my family is going to behave and act. And this is the atmosphere that I'm going to bring them up in. Like it takes courage to do that because you are influenced by so many things around you. Um, and to be confident saying that, like, cause it's one thing to have a plaque up in your house that says, as for me, my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's another thing to let that permeate through everything you do. Um, and that's what I think it takes. It takes courage. It takes, it takes a commitment. It takes, um, being in the word as, as much as possible to reinforce that the world may be looking at you in a way that you're weird for acting the way you do in the way that you bring up your family. But, um, the only, the only judge that matters is, you know, is our heavenly father and, and, and the example that he's given us to live by. So there you go. Sorry. That was prepared. That was definitely prepared. That was so. awesome. <laughs> that was well said. Yeah. Thanks. That was very good. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So this is Jay Fry, Jason Fry. Uh, if somebody wants to meet Jay Fry or get to talk to you or whatever, how can they find you? Um, they can find me. Um, my email address is jfrysoth uh, at gmail.com. It's jfry, shepherd of the hills, essentially, at gmail. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, I think, is Jeffrey. I don't go on Instagram a whole lot, but uh, um, 
uh, yeah, Facebook, you know, Facebook, things like that. Uh, my phone number is on, I think it's on the Shepherd Hills website. I mean, certainly find me on there as well. So awesome. Mm-hmm. Appreciate your time. Awesome. It's awesome. Gird here. up, man. Gird up. Get after it. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can find more episodes like this on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, the podcast app, and Pippa. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at Time to Gird Up. You can find us on Facebook at the Gird Up Podcast. Or if you want to email me, you can email me at Coach Ungemach, that's U-N-G-E-M-A-C-H, at gmail.com. Please leave a five-star rating and review on this podcast on iTunes. The more four- and five-star ratings we receive, the more people we will reach on iTunes because iTunes will boost us more. Thank you to Seth Palmeyer for our podcast art. And thank you to you, the listener, because without you, this podcast would not be possible. So with that, I encourage you to go out, man up, gird up, and become the men that God has created us to be. Have a good one.